Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Page to Screen edition of the Atkin County Public Library podcast, where each month we'll be discussing a book that has been turned into a movie or TV series, as well as the reception of each. This month, we're tackling one of Netflix's most popular original series to date, as well as the book it was adapted from. So as we've all been largely stuck at home for the last year and a half, streaming service giants such as Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon Prime have been keeping us entertained for the duration of the pandemic, or (laughs) at least they have at my house anyways. Last October, Netflix released the original miniseries, The Queen's Gambit, and in November, a month after The Queen's Gambit first came out, Netflix revealed that 62 million households streamed the show, making it the streaming service's biggest limited scripted series ever at that time. The show is based on Walter Tevis' 1983 novel of the same name, and we'll be discussing both today. The Queen's Gambit by Walter Tevis was originally published in 1983 by Random House, an American publishing company. Walter Stone Tevis was an American novelist and short story writer. Three of his six novels were adapted into major films, The Hustler, The Color of Money, and The Man Who Fell to Earth, and then of course a fourth, The Queen's Gambit, was adapted into the Netflix miniseries. Tevis was also a nominee for the Nebula Award for Best Novel in 1980 for another novel of his named Mockingbird. The Queen's Gambit explores the life of fictional female chess prodigy Beth Harmon, considered a building Roman, I don't think I said that right, or coming-of-age story set during the Cold War. It covers themes of adoption, feminism, chess, drug addiction, and alcoholism, which are actually mirrored from the author's own struggles with the latter two. In a New York Times interview published at the time of his book's release in 1983, Tevis stated that the story is a tribute to brainy women. There has been some speculation as to the inspiration for the Beth Harmon character, but Tevis emphatically denied that she was based on anyone in the chess community, male or female. The main protagonist of the story is a young girl named Elizabeth, called Beth Harmon. When her mother is killed in a car accident, she is an orphan at the age of eight and is sent to live at the Methuen Orphanage. At this orphanage, the children are fed tranquilizers daily in order to keep them compliant, and Beth becomes quickly addicted to them. While there, Beth observes the janitor, Mr. Shable, playing chess by himself. While he is initially reluctant to teach a girl, Beth eventually persuades him to play with her. Soon, Mr. Shable suspects Beth is a chess prodigy and within a few hours introduces her to a local high school teacher who runs the chess club. Shortly after Beth beats a group of high school students at chess, she learns that the state is banning the use of tranquilizers on children. She breaks into the area where their meds are kept, and in an attempt to hoard the remaining tranquilizers for herself, she accidentally overdoses. She's caught, and as part of her punishment, she's forbidden from playing chess and therefore has no more interactions with Mr. Shable. Five years later, at the age of 13, Beth is adopted by the Wheatleys. Mr. Wheatley abandons his wife pretty quickly after they adopt Beth. On a trip to a department store, Beth spots a chess set and immediately tries to play chess again. After stealing a chess magazine, she learns that a local high school is holding a state chess tournament and secretly writes to Mr. Shable asking him to lend her the funds to enter the tournament. It it comes as a great surprise to her when she receives the $5 with no note attached. She enters the tournament and despite being an unranked player and not having access to a chess set in five years, Beth not only wins the tournament and $100, but she also defeats the Kentucky State champion, Harry Harry Beltic. As a minor, she is unable to cash her winnings herself, so she reveals that she has won to Mrs. Wheatley. 
With a divorce looming and in des- desperate financial straits, Miss Wheatley begins arranging for Beth to play more tournaments, focusing on the ones with the highest prizes and collecting a 10% agent's fee. By the age of 16, she's competing in the U.S. Open Championship, and she absolutely hates to lose. As she progresses to the top of the U.S. chess rankings, she is able to forge a new life for herself, and by 18, she's the U.S. champion, looking onward to Russia and the Moscow International Tournament. But she can never quite overcome her urge to self-destruct, as she also continues to use both drugs and alcohol recreationally, stealing tranquilizers from her adopted mother and binging alcohol to relax her anxiety. For Beth, there's more at stake than merely winning and losing, and throughout the book, her triumphs on the chessboard are no match for the struggle within herself. So let me just first off say that I was super excited to read this book. I binged the entire Netflix series within a day or so when it was first released, and then I rewatched it again a few weeks later. And in the months that followed the release, you really couldn't throw a rock without hitting something that was related to the show. Aside from being everywhere you looked on social media, there were magazine exclusives, and Funko even released Beth Harmon collectible pops. The craze was real. When I checked the Kindle Daily Deals one morning, months later, and found that the Queen's Gambit digital book was on sale for $1.99, I pounced on it. The reviews for the book were amazing, and with a 4.7 out of 5 stars with almost 16,000 global ratings on Amazon, as well as a 4.21 out of 5 stars and 65,206 global ratings on Goodreads, I really didn't think I could go wrong buying the book. To say that I was excited to read it was an understatement. That excitement, however, was short-lived. When I started reading the book uh, for this review, um, I realized pretty quickly that I was not crazy about the writing style. It was very choppy to me, and it was a very stop and start, stop and start, and it just could be that the writing was a product of its time. But after reading very descriptive series like Outlander and Game of Thrones, and even though Game of Thrones can be a little too descriptive at some times and it just kind of goes on and on, that's maybe uh, an example of too much description. But the writing in this book just did not feel very fleshed out to me. I think that the show did a really good job of capitalizing on the drama of the story that the book just didn't really get to. Another problematic component of the story was the assault that Beth experiences within the first 20 pages of the book. Obviously, this moment never occurred in the um, miniseries, and so not only was I shocked, I really didn't even know if I wanted to continue reading it. And honestly, the only reason I did continue after that point was just to be able to complete this page-to-screen comparison. It was never brought up again in the story, and the whole scenario just feels really unnecessary and out of place. I never saw any mention of this in the reviews that I read, and in fact, all of the reviews were gushing about how wonderful the book was, and honestly, after reading it, maybe I'm in the minority, but it was probably one of my least favorite books to date. It's definitely not something that I would reread again. I, After the initial first 50 or so pages, I did get a little more into it, but it was just a very hard-fought read. There are also long passages of the book that are exclusively... Um, dedicated to narrating the chess games. So if you're someone that is obsessed with chess and different strategies, then that might not be a deal breaker for you. But as a just casual chess player, such as myself, it was fairly tedious. I could understand what was happening within the games, but that doesn't mean that I want to read pages of it at a time. Overall, I enjoyed the TV show much more than the novel, and I would definitely recommend it if you haven't watched it yet. 
there's another YouTube um, review that's kind of similar. She had the same experience that I had with the book and that she, it was very hyped up and she was really excited to read it. And then she, I think had gotten a free audible download or something. And so anyway, she got the book for free and she just was, she was pretty disappointed as I was. So, um, the show is a pretty faithful adaptation of the book. So with very few minute changes, so you won't really be missing that much <laughs> in my opinion, just skip the book and watch the show. You're only missing 243 pages of tedious disappointment <laughs> and extensive chess narration. That is solely my humble opinion. Other people may not have had that experience, but that's how I feel about it. So we currently do not own any copies of The Queen's Gambit here at Yakin County Public Library. But if you would like to place a hold through NC Cardinal, all you need is a NC Cardinal library card.